1: Hello and welcome to the Colts Cover Two podcast. I am Joel A. Erickson, joined by Nate Atkins. We are on I-65, heading north away from Nashville. Uh, waited, waited until we got some food in us. Press box at Nissan Stadium is not great in the food department, so it's kind of starving. When we got out of the game. Waited until we got some food in us. Popeyes, Popeyes chicken sandwich. If Popeyes wants to uh, sponsor this and allow me to get free spicy chicken sandwiches. Like they should do that. Um, I'd be game. We are in traffic on 65 right now. Uh, this is sort of a this used to be a Jim and Joel special where one of us is driving uh, where we do the first impressions podcast. So Nate Nate gets to be in the middle of it. We did a little bit in Denver. Um, this one will probably be longer since we're just kind of stuck here. Uh, Colts ultimately lose today, 19 to 10, blow a chance to take the AFC South lead. They're now stuck behind the Titans. They've, they've been in this position before. I mean theoretically, it's not that much ground to make up if the Titans go into a slump, but I think Colts fans are well aware uh, how hard that's been to it, to make up the, that room in the past. Um, usually, when the Titans get a lead, they don't squander it. The, the weird thing with the Titans is, and this this is a weird way to start the podcast, but to, for years now, it just feels like they've they're a team that, uh, <laughs> when you look at the the play-by-play stuff of their their run defense their rankings and everything like that you go you go how is this team winning but it's just because they they always end up beating teams on the margins and they, they beat the colts on the margins again today um, by winning the turnover battle three to nothing and uh, what i wrote today about was just matt ryan being unable to protect the football it, it did not rear its ugly head against jacksonville and you felt like maybe the offense had found something in that department or maybe Ryan was coming out of whatever funk he'd been in and then just two back-breaking interceptions um, both in terms of points but also I think in terms of game flow Uh, so if you want to look at it one way it was a 10-point swing because the Colts were well within field goal range when he threw the the pick six Um, and if you just you know give the Colts three points there and take seven away from the titans then the colts win the game 13 to 12 i mean it's not sim- as simple as that but you can do that i think the other thing is just he threw a pick on that drive when he was in t- titans territory he threw a pick on the next drive in titans territory and it felt like a game that at the half should have been six to six maybe maybe more than that if they could have finished one of the drives and the interceptions just absolutely took it away from him. And we're just at a point, and I've kind of been here for a while now, where it just – the totality of the turnovers with Ryan, it just kind of overshadows anything else that's happened. They, they, he's, they, they do complete more passes. They're more able to rely on the passing game when the running game's not working well this season. I know they like his leadership, but the turnovers are just they're, – they're, they're overshadowing everything else because they they're just absolutely crippling this team. And Ryan himself said that, you know. Turnovers are their Achilles heel is the way he put it. And he's right. But the thing is, they've, they've turned it over 14 times. 12 of them are on him. And, like, he just I, – I know they haven't given him the support he needs, but he just wasn't brought here to do this.
0: No, not at all. And they're – yeah, it's coming down to the fact that they, you know, they – Brought a 37-year-old quarterback here with the plan to develop a passing game over time, and you know, and build around Jonathan Taylor, and, and none of it's working because again, that quarterback behind this offensive line isn't working, and that was the combination that everyone thought would work is that you would have, you know, a, a really good offensive line to run block for Taylor and pass block for Ryan, and within him being protected, you would develop this, and eventually bring out these tools and traits of the receivers around him. And what's happening is we're seeing some of those tools and traits, and it's never enough uh, because of that. You know, I think about, you know, I covered a a quarterback who threw quite a few pick sixes in Matthew Stafford, but they would come, the Lions at the time would come back and win a lot of those games. And and the Rams last year with Stafford had three straight games with pick sixes and they won the Super Bowl. It's like it's not necessarily, it's both of these things at once. It's the fact that they're making the turnovers and they, they cannot afford them. You know, it's hard to win games with turnovers anyway, but the thing I, if you, this game today came down to that pick six for me. That was a 10 point swing and, uh, you know, maybe they end up winning 13 to 12 or something like that because the Titans, you know, Titans had no offense at all really outside of Derrick Henry running when they were gassed at the end and then they had a 27 yard pass play and a very egregious uh, missed holding. Outside of those sequences, they pretty much didn't do anything at all. But had they won this game 13 to 12, we wouldn't be coming out of it saying, this team's ready to contend either, because they still don't generate enough. And it's because, you know, the story I ended up writing was after talking to Michael Pittman Jr. where he he mostly is saying that he'd like them to put it on him and like throw more jump balls and trying to create down the field is that the offense they're running right now is built to dink and dunk and dink and dunk and there's just not enough payoff to the type of chaos they're living in. So when they have these plays where, you know, occasionally they get an open pocket and occasionally Matt Ryan can move around and get away from pressure, the payoff is always like a seven-yard throw. And when that's the world you live in and you have to drive 15 plays at a time, like this offense is going to detonate. That's just where they are. You know, I talked to Paris Campbell afterward, and he said, you know, there's this is happening across the league where defenses are playing – you know in a cover two shell they're playing two high safeties they're making you drive he said but if you would actually go 15 plays and score you would wear that defense down and drive them crazy and they would have no choice but to step up and cover it but defenses right now know the Colts are going to turn it over because that's their track record that's their identity the only identity on this offense right now is sacks and turnovers and that's a really dark place to be in
1: yeah, I, ultimately a lot of it just comes down to the protection issues because I, I feel like they went to this – I don't feel like. I think I, I think I could make a pretty educated guess that they went to this quick passing game based on history because they didn't feel like they could protect. The only other time they've done this is when they – or the beginning of the 2018 season when they were trying to find an offensive line coming off of a, a 2017 season where they couldn't protect anybody at all. Um, and I, I think that's why they're trying to throw short. It or why why they're trying to throw get the ball out of their hands quickly. It it was always a temporary fix, and we knew that the coaches knew that Marcus Brady and Frank Reich said that last week that they weren't going to be able to just ride that. They had to develop other stuff, and you you saw why almost immediately today. Uh, the first two passes went to Paris Campbell were complete, and he was hit immediately because Tennessee watched film. And knew what the Colts were going to try to do, and so their their defensive backs were driving really hard on underneath routes. And so what you end up getting is what you end up getting what you end up getting is a, a game with 33 completions, but barely any yards. Uh, and I think 5.5 or 5.3 or something like that yards per attempt, which is a, just a terrible number, especially in a game when you completed more than 75 percent of your passes. Um, and so. Uh, they like they're 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 running this scheme where they're they're trying to throw quick, but I, I just don't think they feel like they can do much else uh, right now because they're just not getting protection. And Frank Reich said he you know I think he's trying to take some of the blame off of the offensive line. He, so he said that he felt like the protection was good today. It wasn't. There were three three sacks, uh, ten quarterback hits. Anytime it's double digit ten, anytime it's double digit quarterback hits, it was a bad game protection wise. No doubt. And even, you
0: know, run blocking, yeah, they, they did get a little bit going with Jonathan Taylor. He had 10 carries for 58 yards. I thought that was Jonathan Taylor. He looked fresh again. He looked decisive and explosive. He made some cuts, and they had six carries for their other backs, Dion Jackson and Naheem Hines, and they got five yards. And that's that just tracks with what they've been all season long. I know Dion Jackson had, you know, he had a few nice runs against the Broncos they didn't try and run last week because they didn't if they don't have Taylor they feel like they have no run game and I did the numbers just looking back on the season and without Taylor they're at 2.9 yards a carry on the season which is just terrible and so like this just the they're putting way too much on the idea that Matt Ryan's going to drop back last week it was 58 times this week it was 44 times and it's to the point where like even when they Complete a lot of passes, high percentage of passes. Like that's what they're trying to do to, to generate first downs. Again, though, that just means you have to go a whole drive that way and not mess up. And right now, between this offensive line, between how Ryan is feeling behind that offensive line, behind the fact that it's just they're working so hard right now. And I think about the pick six. You know that happened when uh, when Nahim Hines you know got pulled down by the face mask. It was just one of the most egregious missed calls I've ever seen, where his head goes one way, his body goes another. And it's just as an aside, it's ridiculous to me that a player just came back from the concussion protocol and we're not looking out for that kind of player safety uh, when that's the player who has the ball. But the problem is that they end up spending the time on that clock arguing about that call. And the problem is they, they can't afford a play that's second and 13. This offense cannot do it. So, like, you know the Chiefs today averaged nine yards a play that's an offense where like if you miss one face mask call they they probably just kind of shrug and move on and find the next explosive play this offense doesn't have it uh obviously the way they reacted to that was utterly awful with the pick six but like they're just not built to win in second and 13 and that the, this scheme the way they're running it uh you know it's it's four or five yard passes and like that's not built to do it and it's it's just not the way it's supposed to look at all because these receivers, like they, they they've gone after tools at that position. They've gone after Michael Pittman, who's six foot five, and Alec Pierce who's six foot three, and Paris Campbell had four three speed and and uh, and Alec Pierce had four three speed and uh, Mike Strawn is you know, his position coach compares his tools to Calvin Johnson. Like these guys are not that's not the offense this is not the offense you would run with those kind of players. This is what you would run if you maybe had guys who were just, you know, you don't have any receivers. You're just trying to generate some kind of quick schemed up pitch. Well, it's game. it's the it's
1: the it's the offense you run if you don't believe in your offensive line.
0: That's what I'm getting at is that like they they are not doing this for any other reason but the offensive line. This is not because they don't trust receivers or they don't have athleticism or they can't, you know, win down the field it, the whole reason it was so messed up at the beginning of the year is they tried all that, and they put belief on these guys, and they could never get to those plays. So they've adjusted, and, and yeah, for one week, that hurry-up attack, it was surprising, it was new, it was different on the Jaguars, and it worked. This week, against you know a Titans team that's a little more stout up front and got to see that on film, and, uh, you know, it just it, it didn't work. And this is the world they're in, where, like, every week, if they have to scheme around an offensive line that's not going to block, they're not built to do it because... Their quarterback is not in his prime and he's not dialed in enough in this offense to play safe and secure. And you know, they're just they're not they're not using the receivers for what they're really good at, which is going down the field, creating explosive plays, catching the ball in space. None of it is going the way that it's built to go. So even though I look at a game like this and I think guy kind of like Paris Campbell played pretty well, you know, Naheem Hines, Jonathan Taylor played like none of them are at their ceiling though, because the offensive line doesn't let them get there.
1: Yeah, and then on top of that, you have the, you have the uh, the quarterback is has just not been able to protect the football. I, I I understand Ryan has been under duress. Like there's there's a lot of caveats with Ryan where you know, people are gonna say like, how could anybody play behind this offensive line? It's fair. It's fair that that it's, I don't think, I don't think the offensive line is protecting well enough for. Even even the super mobile guys, I think, would have a tough time when when they've got as many like some of the jailbreak ones like the, the sack right before the half where he came up with his with his shoulder hurt that no one's getting away from that one um, but ultimately ultimately matt ryan was brought here to minimize damage he was supposed to make the layups uh you know he was supposed to to get the offense like he was supposed to Make the passing game look more like it's supposed to. And at times we've seen him do that. You know, he completed 33 passes today, took a lot of layups. Um, but anything good he's done so far is just overshadowed by the turnovers. And I kind of want to sit on the pick six for a little while because that was the one that Ryan got a pass from initially. You know, people were saying it's on, it's on Paris Campbell. Um, it's on the the missed face mask before. Okay, let's. I, I'm just gonna go through the whole thing. So Frank Reich, as as Reich has tried to do over the years, tried to take the blame for the pick by saying he was he was arguing the call uh, on on Hines didn't get the call in until a little bit too late, and Ryan didn't have time to audible out of it. Okay, fine. Um, I, I I'm sure there's a lot of people who want to be like that's okay fine it's Reich's interception, we can add that to the list of grievances. But so there's that, and then there were other people who were saying why didn't it looked like a hot route? Why wasn't Campbell ready for it? Well, it wasn't a hot route because they didn't change the play. Uh, they didn't change the play because of the lack of time. And Campbell said on that play, what he's supposed to do is he's running an out route, and if the ball's not coming to him, he's supposed to get up the field and clear out because they've got other stuff coming later in the play. I, I'd have to go back and look at it, but I'm sure there's a drag or something coming.
0: He, he called it a comeback on the okay
1: comeback route on the on the backside. Um, so he's he's got something coming. He's got something coming, and he needs to vacate that space. Campbell turned up the field because he was double covered. Um, and and so Ryan Ryan throws the, throws the ball and gets picked. Number one, not that's not Paris Campbell's fault. He did what he was supposed to do on the play. Uh, number two, Reich has something of a point about the play call. But Matt Ryan himself said where I land on it, which is, it's his job to get them out of that. Like he said, he, he said I you know I don't know if I had time to but. There's there's a lot of options you can do other than snap a ball out to a receiver who's covered. You you can call a timeout. Uh, like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers calls timeout in the first half willy nilly if they don't have what they what they need going into the play clock. Like, just call a timeout. You could take a delay of game. You could do what Philip Rivers did one time, uh, and this play's always stuck out to me. But there was a play where they they were deep in the red zone. He could tell that they were coming off the edge, and they didn't have it blocked, and it was too late in the play clock. And so Rivers just essentially sneaked it, despite the fact that Phillip Rivers doesn't sneak, uh, because he knew the play was not going to go for anything, and he was like, well, I'm just going to get what I can and avoid disaster. You could do that. You could take the sack and then live to the fight another day. It was second down. Maybe you were kind. You were already in McLaughlin's range. You just you know, hit a five-yard route. You know, maybe you maybe you call something deeper. If it's not there, you hit a five-yard route. You still have the field goal. You don't have a pick six. Like Matt Ryan was was supposed to be here to minimize mistakes, and instead, in that situation, handed something imperfect. He did the worst thing possible. The worst thing possible in that is a pick six, and it's just it's just happened too many times. Like, if you want to put blame on Reich, if you want to put blame on other people, you can do it. But ultimately, what Matt Ryan said is, and this is this is what I think, is he's got to come up with a better solution. Like, he's a 37-year-old quarterback who's supposed to know everything about the offense and get them and make some of the wrong plays right. And he hasn't done it. Not enough. And he, instead, what he's had is these back-breaking, crippling plays that have cost them so much this season, especially against the Titans. He's got they, – they've got – uh, I think six turnovers Against the Titans in two games
0: Sounds about right and four, of today. Are,
1: and four of them are on him I mean you just can't have that Happen in this AFC South matchup And it's like Carson Wentz had the big turnovers In the second game against Tennessee Last year and it was like okay well yet we can't have A quarterback who does that in crunch time Well, Matt Ryan didn't do it in crunch time But he did it on back to back drives I haven't even gotten to the second pick which is just, well, Maybe more egregious because there wasn't a free rusher uh but just two back-to-back back-breaking picks he's at 12 turnovers already it's it's just inexcusable for him to play like that and he he knows it that's the thing is he's owned it you got to give him credit for owning it but at some point it's not about owning it at some point it's about fixing it and they regardless of what's going on around him he's got to fix it absolutely
0: coaches say to their players all the time it's Not about what happens. It's about what are you going to do about it. So what happened was problematic on a lot of levels. Like that, are before we get to what Ryan did is, like you said, there was a missed call and it was so egregious that they're looking around and it's a player safety issue. They're so baffled. They're positive that there will be a flag that comes out. It doesn't come out. I put in that that specific moment. I put it on Ryan and Wright kind of evenly. Ryan has to either call a timeout. Audible, find time, do whatever, or Reich, who's the one arguing it, should be aware of the play call, call a timeout. They didn't do it. Either way, though, if it, even if your coach doesn't call a timeout when he's supposed to call a timeout, it's still on the quarterback to not do that kind of play. And this is what I, I'm getting at about the risks he's taking are so low payoff anyway, that even if that somehow had worked, even if Paris Campbell decided in his mind, you know, uh, I'm double covered, I shouldn't look back, but I will anyway, and caught it, what does that bring up, third and 10? I mean, that's the payoff to you flirting with a potential pick six. And this is just the problem I'm having with Ryan in this offense right now is that there are no calculated risks. There are no good risks. There are only bad risks. And they, they are not, the interceptions he's having the fumbles he's having they are it's not like it was it's it's because it was fourth down or it's the equivalent of a punt down the field where they do a jump ball and it happens to get picked it's always the ones that just crush them and they're not good enough to to make up for it and that's where i come back with with ryan is that he was never going to be a perfect quarterback here because he's 37 he's never been this all-world athlete it's a new offense but he cannot afford to do plays like that because he's not good enough to make up for it. They're not good enough to make up for it. And that's ultimately where, where I land with it, and that's kind of what I wrote is that they, they are not taking shots down the field. The shots they're taking are like to get a, a three-yard pass anyway. The, the few plays where he goes through all of his progressions, this is this leads us into the other pick where he actually has time and goes through the progressions and comes back. He should never have thrown in the middle of the field. Same thing he did against Denver, and it gets picked off. But say even if that had worked, the payoff is like a seven-yard completion. It's never high enough payoff. It's never like, well, you go down swinging. And that's what Matt Ryan used to do it better. He used to – when you would watch him have turnovers in Atlanta in his prime, they were more of the, you know, he goes down swinging and sometimes you give a turnover, which is always the Matthew Safford route. And I wonder if, like, he just doesn't – to me, I wonder if he's trusting his arm strength enough anymore, because he's not taking those calculated risks. That's not the way he's doing it. Where he says, "Well, I'm in a chaotic moment. I'm going to throw it up." It's always like for a three-yard play. It's on the sideline. It's some short distance of a throw that opens the door for a pick six, rather than maybe a 30-yard uh, arm punt down the field. And so, this is never going to work if, like, you know, his his response to disaster is. I'm going to throw a route that, at the best, if a miracle happens and it somehow works, it's a three yard completion anyway. Because even if they had done that, this is where I'm at with this offense is like, even if that had somehow not been disaster, even if Paris had caught it, it's still like this whole thing is a ticking time bomb. We're just waiting. We watch these games and these long drives waiting for them to make the mistake because they always make it. They can't get out of their way. And And this is what Paris Campbell said until they prove that they can do long drives without turning it over. Why would any defense play them any differently?
1: They they did take. That's the interesting thing too is that one of the one of the under duress answers against Jacksonville was to go one on one to Alec Pierce. I, one of the other things I I think when people hear there's no deep shots, they're immediate they're like they're not pushing it down the field. They like think that Reich is calling only short passes. That, that's not what's going on. Like, he said they had shot plays called. Um, they had people running deep routes. Tennessee – Ryan said that Tennessee self-scouted. He thought they self-scouted during the bye week, and they've, they've given up a ton of big plays through the air and that they, they basically pushed everything back and put it in umbrella coverage so that they would stop doing that. I, I have no doubt that's true. I think that's probably going to show up when you see it on tape. You still have to be able to get – plays down the field and if they if they're really playing an umbrella coverage there should be stuff in the 15 to 20 range which is where a lot of times Reich's offense has thrived over the years in creating explosive plays where you're getting 20 25 27 that kind of thing and ripping off chunks like that they didn't they didn't have that happen they ultimately the way the way passing plays work in and I, I'm going to say in the NFL, but it's not just in the NFL. This is true all the way down to high school and into like seventh grade. Like the quarterback has, there are very few passing plays other than screens, where the quarterback has one option and he's only throwing to one option. He there is a pattern of routes. Some of that they're they're usually at different levels, and you make a read and you get the ball out. And Today it felt like Ryan was so focused on getting the ball out of his hands, and the answer was always short because it was short against the, against Jacksonville. That I'll just be really interested when when we go back and watch it on tape to see if there was stuff down the field that he could have gotten to on some of the plays that he did have protection. Uh, because they no one no one builds a game plan to only throw like no one no one, no one like Reich's not in his headset saying. Okay, I've called this pass. Please ignore all three other receivers and only throw to one. That's not how playbooks work. It's just not. Um, and it's, frankly, like, it takes it takes some blame off of the quarterback when it's like, well, they're only calling short passes. That's, that's just not how NFL passing plays work and NFL passing attacks work. Especially, especially when you consider the first time they played this team, the tight ends had 11 catches for 180 yards and just destroyed the middle of the field in those explosive areas
0: yeah and what's interesting is when Michael Pittman said that he wants you know he had that one contested catch where it was on fourth down is one of the rare times that Ryan got time looked around and decided I'm going to throw it up and Pittman went up over DB comes down it was a 14 yard gain, but I mean it was a big play at the moment it set up their only touchdown to Paris Campbell the only offensive touchdown for either team in the game and what Pittman said afterward is they've got to trust us to make those kind of plays and he said I can do that on every play which is just kind of goes to his mentality that's just how he's going to play the game It was interesting wording when he says they I mean I do think it's you're right they're they're those plays are in the playbook and it, it can throw them. So it is mostly on Ryan to do it. My interpretation, though, is like they they as a collective, whether it's it's Ryan, it's uh, it's the coaches, it's the entire offense, the way they practice, they've got to emphasize that more because that was a big part of their offense a year ago for a while in the season. And it finally went away when, you know, they threw one interception, Carson threw one interception, uh on a throw to michael Pittman against the buccaneers and, and that was the way that carson wentz operated where if he turned it over he wouldn't go back to that play the advantage to ryan is and the disadvantage is that he doesn't get so rattled by these turnovers that he doesn't try it again the problem right now is that it just creates more turnovers and the same mistakes repeating each other but they need to emphasize some of that because that is always going to be who michael Pittman is and You know, there's times against the Jaguars, he had 13 catches, which was an incredible game. They do force feed it, but when they force feed him, it's still always that short depth of range. It's like, Stephon Gilmore said he's the only, he's the one guy you see out here in the field who's open when he's not open, which means if a DB is draped on him, he's bigger than that guy. His catch radius is bigger. He boxes him out. He's got strong hands, goes up. And can control his body and come down and get it, they've got to utilize that further down the field. To only utilize it in that crosser range isn't good enough. There's got to be moments, and some of this, obviously there's there may be moments where they want to do it and the pass protection isn't there, but on the plays where it is there, you know, they've they've just they've got to try it. They've they've got to go down the field to him more because what this offense just so badly needs is just a couple, maybe even one drive a game where they score a touchdown in like five plays or less because what it would do is it it just kind of creates life for this offense that doesn't have it, you know, and it, it just takes the stress out off those play, all, all of the players off of it. Like Pittman, I've always thought Pittman and, and Jonathan Taylor at their best are sort of like, they, they kind of like erase the stress of your offense, is that Taylor – you block it upright you give him a chance he can turn a 20-yard blocked run into a 65-yard touchdown and you don't have to figure out the rest of the drive it's over it's in the end zone that's what I think Michael Pimmon can do at times with with these down the field throws and so part of it I think is that Ryan I don't think is trusting his arm strength as much part of it is that if he and ever he doesn't trust the pocket yeah he doesn't trust the pocket and also right now I guess the Jaguars which was his best game last week the throws that Ryan would miss are when he has to step back and throw over. He doesn't have that you know, in his toolbox anymore. He's got to step into throws. So that goes back to the pocket, is the ability to drive it down the field. But they have, they have to find some way to, obviously they have to fix the protection issues, which that's an ongoing thing. But the moments where they have a bit of a pocket, Ryan needs to approach it more like it's fourth and three, like he did that play, and just drive it and throw it up to Pittman sometimes You got to treat him like he's open when he's not. This is the same thing that I keep correlating this team to the feels so much like the 2017 Detroit Lions where they didn't have an offensive line and they're working through all of this and finally Stafford just said, I'm throwing a Marvin Jones and if he's not open, we're going to make him be open by our connection, our chemistry and his ability to win one-on-one in contested catch situations. Marvin ended up having his best season. It turned that whole season around for that passing game. They got to start doing that with this offense because this plan right now, if we're going to march 12 plays down the field, it's just everybody's just waiting for the other shoe to drop of a turnover and for as long as they keep delivering teams are still going to play it this way where they're going to play too high shell and it's like like you said it's like not everything is either dink and dunk or you know 50 yard bomb down the field they've got to work on those even 20 to 25 well when they've been successful
1: they didn't have them today and it's going to drop their ranking but i think in terms of passing plays of over 20 yards the colts have been fairly high actually throughout the season um They've had some of those types of plays. It didn't ha- again. Didn't happen today. I think the longest pass was twenty yards, but they have had those plays previously, um, and so it's it's been there in terms of getting some of those plays down the field. Now the problem is, the problem is if the sh- if going into an umbrella is going to take all of that away. I I just felt like the Titans. I felt like the Titans' whole strategy today was just. If we can make Matt Ryan hold the ball even a little bit longer than we than, than he wants to, which is, like, get it out as soon as it touches his hands, we're going to get home in the pass rush. And they were right for the most part. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so in terms of what they can – like, in terms of getting that stuff down the field, I – They've they've done it this season. I think they can get back to it, but it's concern. It's it's a big concern to me that, that a, a team that had been giving up big pass plays left and right all season long suddenly took it away from you completely, uh, and and you know was able to was able to do that with with you know the way Pierce has been coming on, uh, the stuff Pittman's done, some of the stuff the tight ends have done. It it's 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 going to be. I'm going to ask. Frank Reich about this the the yards per attempt have been dropping it's it's all like it's uh, everything that they've done the last two weeks is just a reaction to the protection and this is we can move a little bit with this like I don't know what their options are on the offensive line short of your your solution of firing the offensive line coach Um, I don't know what their options are because they personnel wise they've tried everything they're you're I mean I guess you could try Wesley French, but I think we all know how that would go. So, they yeah. they don't they don't have any personnel moves left to make. I mean, you could put Will Fries in at right guard. You can but is is that going to solidify everything? I I don't think we saw that uh, from the from the game Fries started. You reinsert Danny Pinter. I don't think anybody wants to do that. Like it Ryman at left tackle like there's they've all of these people have been in the lineup at one point or the other they're kind of out of line shuffles that you can expect to get a lot from and I the whole thing with this offense is everything was built around the idea that they thought that they had an offensive line you could count on and they can't and so it all looks terrible that's 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 a big part of it, uh, and then and then on top of that, Matt Ryan hasn't made it any better by repeatedly turning the ball over and over and over. Yeah, that's the thing. Is
0: last week, heading into last week, is when Frank Reich was talking about how they're trying to get. They, they really believe they were close to getting the offensive line personnel that they want to ride with and build with throughout the season, even if it wasn't, you know, necessarily perfect find the best five they can in the spots they're in and just hope it gets incrementally better throughout the year. And I think that's where – I think that's mostly where they probably are going to land when they look back at this is, like, Dennis Kelly at left tackle has has been their best left tackle this season. And Matt Pryor at right guard is more capable than he was at right tackle or left tackle. You know, Braden Smith is a little bit more comfortable with – Matt Pryor, even if it's not a big upgrade over Danny Pincher than he was when Danny Pincher was, you know, getting run over, none of these things are obviously gonna be perfect. And the problem is the whole group is dragging itself down and you have still regardless of like even you know, they, they improved the left tackle a little bit with, with Dennis Kelly and Quentin Nelson's not playing like Quentin Nelson and that, that is hard to really hard to wrap your mind around because he's not been on the injury report at all. You know he's firmly in his prime, and he's he's just losing too many one-on-one matchups. You know we've seen that out of Braden Smith, we've seen that out of Ryan Kelly. They have kind of done they've they've done all this. We're going to move guys around, see what you're more comfortable with, and they've given a a little bit of time to where at least at least it shouldn't be chaos. Like they practiced, uh, you know they got three days of practice this week with this offensive line with with Dennis Kelly in there, and outside Dennis Kelly, this the other four have practiced in those spots now for two weeks, and. I, like practice time is going to make that a little bit more cohesive, but they, they have such a long way to go to make this even close to what, anywhere close to what they expected it to be when when Matt Ryan talked on the Zoom call with Frank Reich and Marcus Brady and. Uh, and Parks Frazier about coming here is the one thing they thought they would have as an offensive line and the one part of part of that that they definitely thought they would have is interior protection in a situation where he can you know at worst have to step up in the pocket around edge pressure and that's where he can fire into those throws they they, they're not getting that they're not getting him comfortable in even believing that that's going to be there and so if he's not having that that forward drive of the football he doesn't feel like he has the arm strength, I don't think, is my interpretation, to try any of those plays down the field. So, what they're left with is you don't believe you can fire it down the field, and you don't believe that you have time to protect for many of the progressions. So, then you just become a dink and dunk offense, which wastes, again, the talent you have, which is a 4 3 slot receiver in Paris Campbell and a 6 5 basketball type Julio Jones type player in Michael Pittman Jr. and a size speed down the field threat in Alec Pierce there and I even think about that play to Alec Pierce to beat the Jaguars Matt Ryan got hit on that play too and it just happened that he let it go and it happened that that like it, it worked on that play because Pierce had such a yeah, great that's, release that's
1: what I keep coming back to is like they they did last week and they have earlier in the season because they did against Kansas City um I think there was a deep shot to Pierce in the uh, in the um, first Tennessee game too, down the sideline. Like they they have pushed it down the field some. They in have those situations. This this game today, though, I know what you're saying. This game today, they they never really got anything going down the field. Well, and the stat that I uh, kind
0: of have brought up before, I keep going back to, is heading into this week. Matt Ryan was sixth in the NFL in completion rate on passes that travel 15 yards in the field, but only one quarterback is attempting fewer. That was coming into this week. The only one who's attempting fewer is Kirk Cousins, mostly because that offense is get the ball to Justin Jefferson. Uh, so that that's kind of what I'm getting at. They have had individual moments where they've had some good plays with Pierce and Pittman getting the ball down the field, but the attempts overall that the, the to where the ball travels there and it's not a yak situation just haven't been consistent enough and in that play the game-winnered Alec Pierce against the Jaguars just sums it up to me where they have to it takes a perfect throw and a perfect release and the right defense for him to survive an immediate pressure and a hit in the lower body and that's just kind of where they're at right now is like they're not they can do that once in a great while Matt Ryan and, and everything here is not good enough to overcome that all the time and until they fix the offensive line uh it's i just don't know matt ryan can't wind the clocks back he can't get his arm strength back if he doesn't get that back i don't know if he'll get the trust back in it and if he's not doing that his risks are going to be the kind of stuff i'm talking about which is low payoff but also dangerous if it's along the sidelines and short depths of throw where you can return it you know, it's not down the field a, a pick that traveled 30 years in the air. It's right at the line of scrimmage or a fumble. It's They're just in a very dangerous spot with sort of the mix between the personnel issues they have and just the sort of collective issue. Well, they, they issue.
1: can't – the, the hard part with this team, and we've talked for a while now, but, like, it all comes back to the same thing over and over again. The, the offensive line is not good. Ryan is not handling the pressure well, which I think – we honestly should have known that he wouldn't do I, I don't think any of us really thought that the offensive line would be this bad um, and it it hamstrings everything else what's amazing is we haven't even discussed the defense <laughs> well the the, the the thing about discussing the defense is like I can I can do discuss the defense real fast Grover Stewart's a monster DeForest Buckner is great uh, Zaire Franklin had a pretty I mean he had a couple of missed tackles but m- for the most part really really good game from Zaire Franklin uh, they the secondary was pretty good. Stephon Gilmore is still, still a great player. They're still rotating Faison with Rodgers which I don't understand, but they they're doing it. Uh, they didn't give up any touchdowns. Like, it, it's just hard to discuss the defense after a game like that because I know that what listeners of this pod like listeners of this podcast are not they don't they don't honestly they don't care that the defense played well. <laughs> they don't care that the defense played well because the team lost to the Titans, and so. Inevitably like this podcast has to be About the negatives and we can move Away from the offense a little bit Because uh, I think one of the Other negatives that the podcast is a good Place to discuss um, Is The punter uh, Punter Had a real rough game Matt yep. Hawk had a real rough game I, I have said a couple times over the last Couple weeks that i miss missed Roberto Sanchez I think the Colts feel that acutely I think that might be the worst punting game I've ever seen. It's the worst, probably the worst I've seen that wasn't impacted by weather. He had punts of he had punts he had three punts that didn't travel more than thirty yards. A fourth punt traveled thirty-two yards. He had one inexplicable sixty-yard punt, considering the way the rest of the game went. Uh, an inexplicable sixty-yard punt that I ended up not. Feeling great about Because I'm used to Rigoberto Sanchez Not getting touchbacks And that play Ended up being a touchback mm-hmm. That's a problem Field position wise Like this This offense Can't afford To be in bad Field position And When The punter is Is I mean He averaged I think 36 yards Per punt With the 60 yarder That was bad Like Like That's just untenable. I I wonder if we we see punter tryouts this week because that that was just a really, really bad game. And there have been some issues with him in prior weeks where he's, you know, he has trouble. he, He really, really has trouble trying to pin the ball inside the 20, which is that's where Rigoberto Sanchez was at his most witchy, was just never, ever, 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 ending up with a touchback and this this I, I wonder I wonder if we're gonna see punter tryouts
0: yeah it's this is where this stuff just compounds so much is that like yeah I didn't think we would come into this year and talk a lot about the punter partly because like you said Sanchez is really good but even even if you had told me that they would have an injury there like the fact that this is so crushing says everything about the offense and it's like you said it's field position it's the fact that like they're in this spot right now where if you look there's some charts out there where like Frank Reich last year was and probably tracks before that. It's one of the most aggressive in the NFL, maybe the most aggressive in the NFL of going for it, following the analytics that say, you know, a strong go or a or a, you know, a medium go based on percentages. And that has dropped off dramatically because he doesn't trust his offense and specifically doesn't trust his offensive line. So what that means is you're punting more. And now you're punting in you're having this, and it's like it's, it's like one bad thing leads to another. Like the offense doesn't get it done. You punt because you don't believe in them, and then they shank it anyway. So you put a great defense, real a really good defense out there, but it's not in. They're not creating these tough situations on the opposing offense, and that's the thing that I always go back to against in, in these Colts Titans matchups is they just never ever put Ryan Tannehill in a position where he has to do anything really. I mean. Yeah, he didn't really do anything today. He did. I mean, he
1: had he had a couple of big completions. There was an unbelievable catch by Austin Hooper, but all of that said, he threw the ball twenty times for six point six yards per attempt. That's nothing.
0: Yeah, and like the, the and honestly,
1: the the run defense. Like, if you can look at it and say, oh, he had thirty carries for one hundred twenty eight yards or whatever, but until the very last drive, when the the game was already over. Uh, he had 27 carries for 94 yards, which is three and a half yards per carry. Grover Stewart, again, awesome. DeForest Buckner, awesome. They, they, they didn't. the The Titans' offense legitimately didn't have to do anything to win this game.
0: No. And again, the one thing that you can come back to the defense on and say you could have done more of this was turnovers. They forced one. Well, yeah, they, they they were the, gifted that, one.
1: That that's a significant part. Well. It's a significant development because they're turning it over so much themselves yeah. and not getting any of those plays. And so they're what did you say they're minus 9 for the season?
0: Uh yeah, if it, the numbers depend there's been some muffed punts in there, but just on their their offense versus their defense are minus 9. And I yeah, it's one of those where like that's the thing I'm talking about with like they they forced they got a fumble today when they just had a bad when the Titans had a bad exchange, but they're not ever getting interceptions. On right, like all the interceptions they're getting this season are when they are forcing a team to go win the game, final drive stuff. They got one on Patrick Mahomes. They got one. Well, for some reason Russell Wilson decided to throw instead of take a field goal, but he did late in the game, and Stephon Gilmore picked him off. And late in that same game, when it was you know a tie game, Rodney Thomas got a pick. That's all they're getting in terms of interceptions because quarterbacks are just managing it they're just they're trying not to lose it because the, the they'll eventually get a score when the Colts offense messes up they had to get to a spot today where Ryan Tannehill even if it was just a couple a driver two, where he needed to push the ball down the field to tie the score or to take the lead maybe before half anything that would put him in a position where he would take even a little bit of a risk is what they needed but the Titans have owned this rivalry because they don't they don't force any, or they don't commit any mistakes. They just wait for you to make the mistakes. You make them, and then they pounce on them by sort of controlling the ball, doing enough with Derrick Henry, and you know, hitting their field goals and not messing up on special teams. And this is the thing: is you look at this Titans team, this Colts roster. It's it's just it's better than the Titans. It just flat out is. But they've lost five in a row because this formula shows up every time where the Titans say we're gonna make you beat yourself, and the Colts say. All right, we'll beat ourselves. And until they can, like that's the only, the only negative I have for the defense is still as much of a negative on the offense because they're just not putting this defense in a situation where they can pin their ears back, get after a quarterback, eyes on the quarterback on defense and make the quarterback take a risky throw to a Stephon Gilmore or a Kenny Moore or Isaiah Rodgers if he's out on the field. These guys are great Bulldogs, and they just never get the ball thrown their way in those like tight contested situations because Why would you take that risk if you're an offense that has a lead and you know the Colts aren't going to come back?
1: Probably getting close to the point where we should wrap up. This is probably one of our longer first impressions. I told you it would be because we're on the road. Um, But ultimately, and this is where we've been all season and where we'll probably be for the rest of the season, it's just offensive line and quarterback, offensive line and quarterback, offensive line and quarterback.
0: And a cameo from the punter.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> like that that feels like something you just need to address after the game or, or bring it up, but offensive line and quarterback. Yep. And yeah, that's 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 where we are. I again I I don't know what they can try short of like I said, Nate's Nate's answer of firing the offensive line coach is is sort of the last thing I think in terms of finding a fix and that's bad it's a bad spot to be in the Colts Cover 2 podcast I am Joel A. Erickson this has been Nate Atkins we will try to be safe on the road and get back to covering this team this week
0: just going to run this dog to see if we can find any